On this episode of This Is Game Boy, let's get busy! Welcome back to another smashing episode of uh, This Is A Game Boy, episode 27, uh, featuring Hammer and Harry Ghost Building Company. Not complex, company, but for some reason it's easy to say complex, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, we have been going strong with this. We are not letting, uh, letting up with new episodes every month, and one light of course. Uh, but now it's time to dive into a lesser known game, probably. Um, but I'm pretty sure people have heard the name before, uh, but we'll dive a little bit into what this game is after uh, we have been uh, talking about what we have been up to. Um, so yeah, as it's a full episode, it's not only me, of course, but also uh, Baltic again. Hello. Yeah, what have you been up to, Baltic? Um, World of Warcraft, per normal. Uh, the new expansion's coming out, I think, in like probably like three months. So just trying to skinny everything up there and make sure we're ready for that. Uh, the the season four Call of Duty stuff came out, so I've been doing a lot of that as well too. Um, Ghost of Tsushima came out on the seventeenth, which was my birthday. So been playing a lot of that lately. I probably have like twenty, thirty hours into the game. And I haven't even done half of the story just because I've been so busy doing all the side stuff. Um, but basically, outside of that, uh, some retro stuff. Um, I dumped all, all of my Game Boy ROMs um, for the, uh, the, the secret project that the three of us are working on. Mm hmm. And then I started dumping some of my Super Nintendo, Super Famicom, and Genesis games. Uh, that's been a ton of work. <laughs> I didn't yeah. realize how many games I had for those other systems. Um, outside of that, I got more manual sleeves, finally. So I've been sleeving manuals again. It's really hard to find stuff right now because of covid like, everything is just sold out. Literally everything is sold out. And they're just like, yeah, we don't know when we're going to have stock again. It's like, oh, God, please. Yeah, it's definitely not a good time to be a retro gaming collector. Not only for stuff that you can't find. Them in, well, maybe not not even only retro gaming, just gaming in general. Um, it's like the Ring Fit thing for Switch. That's, like, impossible to get as well. Uh, well, Switches are sold out, apparently. Yeah, like... It, a lot of people went into gaming because of, well, if you're locked inside, what else are you going to do, I guess? Uh, but yeah, it also means that a lot of the prices of uh, things, older things, that is retro gaming, has gone up ridiculously amounts. And uh, yeah, it's it's just not a good time to to be a collector at all. Yeah, I was... Uh, I was just brown... I, I was like, I'm curious what, what the retro market is like right now because, you know... In America, COVID, a lot of people lost their jobs. I don't know what it was like over in Europe, mm -hmm. but in America, a lot of people lost their jobs. And 
So I'm assuming if they were a, if they were a, a video game collector of a sort, they probably were trying to sell their stuff to make ends meet to you know pay bills and whatnot. And I well, I hopped on eBay and various other places, and it's like double or triple what it was like six months ago. And I'm like, mm-hmm. are you mm-hmm. insane? Like this like this game is not worth you know forty fifty dollars. Like this game is a ten dollar video game. I like I was looking at Avenging Spirit the other day. I bought my copy of Avenging Spirit for thirty bucks like two or three years ago. It's like a hundred and some dollar game now. It's like mm-hmm. ex- what? <laughs> what? Excuse me? Yeah, it's and like you know, crazy. And like some games that you could find copies, you know, few and far already, like can't find anymore. Like the Wisdom Tree Game Boy games, you cannot find on on eBay or like online all that all that often anymore at all like joshua niv bible all of them just non-existent at this point and i have no idea why like they're not common but they're definitely you can find them on the internet and then uh on top of that like yard sales and and garage sales and flea markets here are canceled like Mm -hmm. I, i don't think i've seen a single yard sale sign driving around town flea markets are closed because you know covid and our our my my retro gaming store a few blocks away from me isn't getting inventory right now for retro games because people aren't trading them in because they're wanting so much money for their Mm -hmm. games they're just they're not willing to make that quote-unquote sacrifice so there's a there's a there's a scarcity right now in terms of the retro market depending on where you're looking and due to that scarcity and in COVID, the retro market is out of control right now, at least in America. Yeah. It's basically the same here. Uh, you can still find a lot of stuff, but the prices have gone way up. Um, like the one example that is easiest to understand for most people, I guess is just a copy of super Mario land one, which is, one of the most sold uh, games on Game Boy, it shouldn't cost you more than five bucks, depending on which version it is, because there are different versions, but I think that's more for the Japanese uh, counterpart of it. But it went up from five to 15 euros, which is, for Mario Land 1, is something you should never pay. Um, so... I don't know. Is this gonna be the end of the increase in prices? Uh, will it? Will the bubble finally burst after all of this? Um, it's hard to say, um, but it's gonna happen uh, anyways because like it, the prices have gone up way too much. Like they can't keep this up because nobody's gonna be able to buy anything anymore. So um, I think a lot of people are gonna be really mad and like maybe half a year or a year uh, when they see the prices drop drastically and they're like, oh no, I paid 50 bucks for something that only costs 10 now. Uh, yeah, that's gonna be, it's gonna be fun for them. But yeah, I haven't been collecting in a long time now just because I can see it's not affordable anymore. It's, it's just not. Worth yeah, it. no, it's, it's insane right now. Like I, I've been, I've been trying to complete my Fairchild Channel F collection. Uh, which, if you don't know what the tra- Fairchild is, it's the first ever. It's the first home console to allow cartridges, uh, and it was made in South Africa. 
and I, I'm I'm close to having the entire library complete in box, super close. And then COVID hit, and the last few games that I need, actually any of the Fairchild games now jumped from around twenty dollars to about two hundred dollars complete in box. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, well, I guess that's going to have to wait, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> until that drops in price. Because I'm not going to spend, like, $800 on the remaining games I need. Because it's, A, not affordable, and B, not worth it. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, for all you collectors out there, just just wait a little bit. Just don't ask too much for your games right now, and, and don't spend too much on your games right now. It's just, just not worth doing. You're gonna end really, up really with ain't. something. Well, if you can sell them right now, okay, you might get a little, uh, a little bit more rich. But uh, no, it's it's just not worth yeah. doing. You should, well, keep it keep it normal. Uh, people are are already suffering enough. I think uh, don't make them spend all their money that they can use for something a lot more important than video games. Uh, on those right now so yeah yeah i kind of forecast once once the the dust settles with covid a bit like if and when we get a vaccine etc etc i i think the prices will drop because then people are going to start going back to jobs getting a steady income again etc etc as well so i i think probably within the next year We'll start seeing the prices drop again, but we'll we'll see. Hopefully, this is not a norm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hopefully it doesn't stay the way it is, or gets even more expensive. Because yeah, hopefully it doesn't work. Then the entire thing is just gonna stop completely. Then people are not gonna be interested anymore. Oh no. Nah. Anyways, uh, what have you been up to? So I've been uh, back on the portable pleasure train, like my. Uh, Game Boy System Challenge, and I have uh, beaten quite a few games over one week, actually. Um, so I'm, I'm finally past 400, so I did Pokemon Platinum for that, like I said last time. Uh, so now I've been back to the normal uh, picks from the audience, I guess, the viewers. Uh, the first one I picked myself, actually, because um, I was just checking it out sometime uh, to show it to people when I was streaming, and it's a game called Magura Dapon. Um, which is a Japanese-only game that is basically found on maybe all of the 101 in one cards or something like that. Um, it's a very simple whack-a-mole game, actually, with uh, four opponents uh, that you have to loop through twice, and that's pretty much it. You have three difficulties, easy, normal, and hard. Uh, but as a kid, I could never beat this, um, but now that I tried it, and I thought this would become a, a hard game to beat i literally did it in five minutes so i was like okay well i'll just uh, re-record it for portable pleasure so uh, i get that out of the way it's a fun game uh, people should check it out if uh, they want to you don't have to play on hard to get the best ending or anything like that it's you can definitely just play on normal but it's half a challenge i guess to do it on hard uh, if you have a some good reflexes it's it's very very doable it's a lot easier than it uh, 
seems. Um, because I was uh, watching Granon Hero do his uh, Game Boy thing, um, he played through Street Racer, which I had never heard of. Um, I thought it was just some random racing game, but it's kind of a Mario Kart clone. Um, very easy to beat, like within an hour and a half. You go through all the circuits uh, without any issues at all. Um, not worth checking out, in my opinion. The graphics are ugly. The music is all right, um, but there's uh, the biggest thing about this game is it actually has like an auto tracking, if you call it like that. Like it does never, it never feels like you are in control of what is happening. It feels like the car is just following the road automatically, and you can steer it a little bit to the left and to the right. So. It's, it's kind of weird, but um, yeah, it's it, not worth your time. There's probably better versions of this game on uh, other consoles because it, it was one of those games that just got released on everything back then. So um, after that, he also... You've never heard of Street Racer? Yes, I don't know it. I don't know the... Uh, oh, it's a cartoon. Oh, it's a cartoon. Okay. Sure. It looks like a cartoon, <laughs> at least. Yeah. <laughs> looks like, uh, like one of... A follow-up to Wacky Races, I guess. Uh, oh, no. I know what you mean. You mean... Um, you mean actual... Is it called Street Racer? The Japanese yeah, one? Because the, so the theme song is Go Street Racer Go. Nah, no. That's not the one. It's it's completely different than that. <laughs> yeah. It might have the same name, but it's, it's definitely not the same thing. Um, that's too bad. Anyways, afterwards, uh, Hero played Battletoads Double Dragon. That was a game that was picked by PLD years ago for me, and I couldn't beat it. Uh, I thought it was a little bit too hard, so I put it on the backlog. But uh, Hero beat it in a few hours, and I was like, hmm, I should probably revisit that. And I did, and I beat it first try, and I was like, how did this happen? <laughs> so, uh, it's still a hard game, like... You can't deny that it, it's a hard game, but uh, it's a lot less hard than I remembered it to be. Um, I think it's maybe a little bit easier even than original Battletoads for uh, Game Boy. Um, so not the NES port, but the the original uh, game for the Game Boy. But I like that game a lot. I played uh, as Billy from Double Dragon. Uh, doesn't matter which character you pick, really. They are all the same, but... Uh, yeah, as you can expect with a Battletoads game. It has some uh, weird choices that might uh, get you mad. <laughs> because you keep losing lives over and over again. Even though you're not supposed to. Uh, but yeah, it's it's definitely worth checking out. I think it's a very good port of, uh, of the other games. I think it came out on NES and Super Nintendo as well. Um, so yeah, it's, it's definitely what you would expect from a Battletoads game. Um, after that, I went into Miss Pac-Man, which I thought was going to take me forever. Uh, but Miss Pac-Man is actually not that bad on Game Boy. Um, of course, you can see the entire maze, but that doesn't really matter. You just have to do 9 or 10 mazes, and then you get the final cutscene, and then it loops again. So, that's literally the entire game. Uh, so very easy to get through. I think it took me 15 minutes. So um, Apparently normal Pac-Man is a lot harder though. Like a lot more uh, different mazes you have to go through. So not looking forward to that one. Because I'm not that good at Pac-Man to be honest. So uh, yeah, I, I don't really have any experience with those things. So, But yeah, we'll see in the future. 
Um, after that, I played Parasol Hanbi, which is a Japanese-only game based on an anime. Um, hard to explain what that game is. It, it's very much just a normal platformer where you use your umbrella to uh, traverse the stage or to defend yourself. Um, it's a very simple, very easy game. It only takes like 30 minutes to get through, but it has some weird mechanics that might uh, might mess you up here and there. But if you want an easy game to just play through real quick, I think Parasol Handy is definitely one to go to. Don't expect anything special. It's it's very uh, run-of-the-mill, really. Um, after that, I got uh, Sports Illustrated for Kids, Ultimate Triple there. <laughs> it is not for kids. It is definitely not for kids. I don't even think it's a game for adults. It is not fun at all. Oh, I did not enjoy yeah. that game. It is not fun at all. First of all, why call it triple there when there's six different uh, events you can do? Not really sure. Uh, okay, there are only three different kind of sports in the game. Um, there's skateboarding, there's snowboarding, and there's biking. Uh, but both of them are like split up into two events for... Snowboarding, you have downhill and half pipe. For skateboarding, you have street and half pipe. And for biking, you have, uh, yeah, I don't know. One goes from the left to the right, and the other one is like <laughs> from the bottom to the top or something, uh, where you have to like dodge things. Um, in order to win this game, uh, you have to do the triple there, which uh, gives you all six events and a set level. Um, which you have to get through. Um, for the biking part of the game, very easy to do. You learn that in like five minutes, you know what to do. You can get to the end every time, no problem. Uh, for the snowboarding downhill, the timing on that stage is so precise that if you mess up once, you lose the event. Uh, it's absolutely bonkers how they did that one. Um, for the half pipe section, you better learn how to constantly do 540s or you're never gonna get the amount of points you need to, uh, to finish the stage. Um, they want you to get 3000 points. Every 540 uh, gets you 200, I believe. Um, and you only have a minute and a half to do it. Um, sounds easy enough. Sadly, it isn't because while you're trying to get on the half pipe, there's like objects in your way. If you jump, you completely lose all of your speed that you had uh, built up and then you have to start all over again. That is if you can actually avoid it because it's so hard to avoid that you'll probably fall. Um, I was lucky enough that I got that one first event because it's random which one you get first and that I was able to beat it first try so i didn't have to bother with that one anymore um when it comes to the skateboarding one the street one again a little tight when it comes to uh to timing to finish that one uh but it's definitely doable if you're familiar with the route you have to take the only problem with that one is that you're not really turning like either you go 45 degrees or you go straight so sometimes you just press once and then you make a complete turn and it gets messy real quick. Um, but yeah, if you know the level, you can get through it at least. Um, and then comes the final one. And that one took me quite a while to understand, uh, which is a skateboard half pipe one, um, which is not for points. You have to go through a maze built completely with pipes and half pipes. 
Um, you have to get enough flags and then you have to make your way through the maze to the goal. And it took me forever just to figure out how to actually um, exit a half pipe, uh, which was actually just a down button, but very specific. Uh, <laughs> it was driving me crazy that I just couldn't get out of the half pipe. Uh, but once I figured out how to do that and where the correct route was to get to the end, um, I did it first try as well. But I would not recommend this game to anybody. The controls are just god-awful. If you've ever played any of these multiple event sporting games um, and you hated it back then, don't play this one because it's even worse. Like there, There's nothing more I can say. It's absolutely not worth your time. Uh, moving on, I have two games left actually that I did. Uh, I did Cheeky Cheeky Machine Moo Race. Or Mo Race, I don't even know how to pronounce it. It's Wacky Races, uh, but the Japanese name. Um, you might expect this to be a, a racing game, which it kinda is, but it's also not. It's actually based on a grid, um, so you're not pressing down the gas button. You are actually constantly pressing the directional pad to where you need to go. Um, the thing is, this moves as fast as a PowerPoint slideshow. Um, it's two frames per second or something and uh, it has 33 stages so it's gotta take a lot a lot of time to get through this game luckily it's so easy that it's yeah it's almost impossible to lose this game um, but yeah it's more like a grid based strategy game than it is a racing game it's really hard to explain what it is you have to check it out for yourself even though it's not worth your time. If you want to play a good wacky racing game uh, or wacky races game, go play the NES one, the platformer. That one is absolutely amazing. Um, and finally, I did Sequest DSV, which apparently is a TV show I never seen. Um, I don't think they ever yeah. aired it here. Um, interesting game. Uh, I was not expecting what I got. Um, it's. Uh, an eight mission based game, all different. Like, so nothing is ever the same, even though they are kind of similar. Uh, but it's like an underwater collection game where you have to explore an empty vessel. Um, there's a cave you have to explore and avoid enemies. There's a base you have to destroy with, uh, with one of your underwater vehicles. You have to uh, shoot down a well, I don't even know what it is. It's like the enemy ship, but it looks kind of weird. But you have to shoot it down with your quote-unquote submarine. So it has a lot of variety. All the underwater stages play pretty okay, even though they are slow. Um, not because of lag or anything, but they, they just are slow. It kind of feels like you're actually underwater. Um, there are two normal well, normal, quote-unquote, normal uh, action platforming stages. But those are quite horrible. Um, the controls are very, very janky. Like, if you do a jump, you jump half the screen, but if you are pressing right, you don't immediately start going right. Like, it, it's not that great. But I did have fun with this game for quite a while. Um... 
The only frustrating thing for me with this was in the end where I thought this game had unlimited continues and then it didn't. And I was literally at the final part of the game and I had to restart the entire thing again. So I didn't see that coming, but at least then I knew what uh, what I was up to. Uh, but yeah, those are all the Game Boy games I've been playing. I've also been playing a little bit of Deadly Premonition 2, uh, but not that much yet. Uh, hard to say anything about it yet uh, besides that it runs like absolute garbage on switch <laughs> it runs like yeah. so they're trying to patch it out maybe it will happen maybe not but if you ever played the original and you thought wow this game kind of runs slow you have no idea you you just have no idea <laughs> so i hope they can optimize it uh, eventually but yeah that's all i've been up to wow Put me in the dust, that's the audience. <laughs> yeah, I've been lucky that I have been able to play a few Game Boy games that weren't that long. Um, most of them took like an hour maximum, so uh, besides Sports Illustrated for kids, <laughs> that was four hours, which I wish I didn't <laughs> spend on it, but I'm glad I did because I think I have the only video now on uh, on YouTube where you can actually see the end, which is, of course, say, one screen. As to say, is there an actual ending? Yeah, to it? yeah, it, it just con congratulates you that you are a hot shot or something like that. That's that's literally all. Dumb. <laughs> yep, not worth your time. No, but hey. I got like four. I got like four out of the six events. So I was just like, I am not going back to that stupid flag half life <laughs> yeah. game. Yeah, and that's the easiest one, sadly. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Like, in the end, I saw, oh, wow, this is actually the easiest one out of all of these, but yeah. It's a snowboard oh. one. That's that's the only one I think is just programmed very badly. And See, I thought, to me, the snowboarding one, the downhill snowboarding one was the easiest one. Mm -hmm. The hardest weird, one for me, the hardest one for me was the mountain bike, where you had to figure out where the finish was. Oh, yeah, no, that, that one. I always had, like, 40 mi uh, seconds left when i reached oh, really? the end or something i was just like oh my god there's two seconds left and i see the finish line because <laughs> i had no idea where i always got lost <laughs> it's not that hard to fall but yeah i can see that uh, but yeah it's more of a struggle against the controls in that one than it is actually uh yeah having a hard time yeah it's it's just don't play it. I'm I'm not looking forward to the other Sports Illustrated games. That's for sure. The, the golf one's not bad. Okay. Having played the golf one, it's not terrible. The football, baseball one, it, it's a sports game. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> what else can you expect? Anyways, that's enough of what we have been doing. So let's uh, take a short break so you guys can listen to some music from the Hammering Harry. Ghost Building Company, and when we are back, we will start uh, diving into that one. So see you soon. So, Hammer and Harry, I lost where we are in the notes, there we are, um, so, came out in Japan, 
July 31st, 1992, under, uh, uh, was it, Deku, Daiku, Daiku no, no san Ghost Building Company. And then in Europe in 1993, under, in, under Hammer and Harry, uh, Ghost Building Company. And then in Asia of 1993, under Carpenter Genzo Ghost Kingdom. Uh, never, never got American release. So no, it actually got canceled for the American release, and the same goes actually for the NES version of the game. Well, not the NES version, but the NES game, Hammering Harry. It also uh, only appeared on Famicom and uh, on the European Nintendo market. Uh, weirdly enough, um, but yeah, Hammering Harry. Um, it is known as Carpenter Gen or Daiku no Gensan in Japan. Um, it's a video game franchise made by Irem. Uh, it originally came out for the arcades. Um, I think most people will recognize that version and the Famicom version. Uh, those are the most well-known of the series for sure. Um, um, but it, the port for the arcade version that came to Famicom did have some changes to it. Uh, but it's basically the same game just made a little bit easier i guess um there have been a few other games of this series as well on other systems throughout the ages um the final one actually came out on psp called hammering hero uh but it's a very weird one like it it really has not much to do with the original games at all uh besides that the characters of course are still the same yep and then developed by Tamtex, which is a subsidiary of Irem, and then published by Irem. Yeah, I like I, I like I like Irem games. This might be one of my favorite Irem games. Yeah, um, I did a whole light episode on the Irem games for Game Boy, so I did mention this game briefly back then. Uh, but this is definitely one of the greatest Irem games that they uh, brought out on, on Game Boy. And it's also a completely original game. So it's it's not a port of the arcade version at all. It's actually a continuation of the story of uh, Carpenter, Genzo, or Harry, as we know him. And then composed by Ikumemori, which is interesting because Ikumemori did or composed um, Pokemon Snap. For the N64. Yeah, she did a, a lot of uh, interesting games, but yeah, she mostly worked for, well, Irem or Tabtex, same company really, um, so a lot of the games that you will see on her name uh, or on her uh, biography uh, you will recognize because they're, they're all uh, made by these people. Uh, one of my favorites from the list might be R-Type 3 uh, Dirt Lightning for Super Nintendo that's also an amazing soundtrack. So, yeah, plot. I can do the plot this time. All about the plot. <laughs> and also, like, like, note, side note, what do you want to call it? Like, the plot that I'm about to read, I don't know if it's from the manual or not. Like, I, it's hard to find anything about this game online, mm -hmm. ex you know, except for, like, long plays. Like, I can't find manuals. I can't find, like, a general, like... Since, you know synapse of the actual game so like what i found here was literally like an hour or so of me digging through forums before i finally found something even remotely close to what the manual would say mm -hmm. so 
Uh, this episode has Harry fighting more than just workers. He has to defeat an army of ghosts in a series of environments, including construction site, sewer, airship, jungle, and finally the headquarters where he meets the evil ghost building machine. Rather than using his mallet, Harry can obtain a spiked ball which does more damage than the mallet. There are five stages, and each one ends with Harry fighting a, fighting a boss upon completion of a stage. The gameplay switches from a beat-em-up to, to a horizontal shooter, a shmup, where Harry flies through the air, defeating airborne enemies and avoiding dangerous objects. Yeah, that says a little bit about the game, I guess. Um, the plot isn't that great or, or expensive. Or the plot, like the it, plot, is basically your girlfriend got kidnapped by some ghosts, and you have to go save her. Yeah, and uh, the plot that you summed up actually um, <clears throat> gives a little insight in what to hap in what happened in the first game. Actually, uh, in the first game, there was like an evil building company construction site thing, and um, they were expanding their territory. Harry's house was in the way, so at night or when he left home, they just took it down, and Harry just took revenge on them by completely destroying yeah. their company. And I think um, at the end, you just walk home with your girlfriend, and then this happens. So it, it really is just a continuation of the story. Now suddenly a ghost appears, and, and he takes, uh, takes your girlfriend away, so... That's uh, a plot like there are 7 million of them out there for any video yeah. game. Uh, it doesn't really matter, to be honest. I just, I just hate walking down the street with my girlfriend and five ghosts combine into one and take her away. just yeah. hate when that happens. <laughs> <laughs> How many times have they used that same thing over it? <laughs> with just a little bit of variation, but it's always, always just literally the same thing, so... At least Avenging Spirit was creative. At least they shot the boyfriend. Yeah, that, that one was <laughs> that one was way worse, but <laughs> yeah. Uh, gameplay. So we dove, dove a little bit into the gameplay with the quote-unquote plot that I just gave you, but it is an action platformer slash beat 'em up. Um, you have a hammer and you smash things, really. So. Throughout the stages, you're going to be hitting various enemies that come at you with a hammer. Uh, the hammer just looks like a, a big wooden mallet, basically. As you kill things, you're going to get uh, like uh, you're going to get rice cakes, which heal you. You're going to get uh, like a helmet type thing. I think it gives you an extra hit or something of the sort. I can't mm. remember what it gave you. Yeah, that's that's it. Yeah, and then um, then you're going to get a like a spike icon, which is an upgrade for your mallet that turns your mallet into a big spike ball, which you do lose if you get hit. Uh, and then there are extra lives throughout the game as well. Um, you have five hit points. Unlimited continues, thank God. Mm. Um, and the checkpoints are... There are there, there are checkpoints, but they're choice sometimes. <laughs> yeah, usually it, it's after a screen transition, but... Sometimes not. Like, they're a little bit all over the place, but it's usually when you've done a very hard section that they do give you a checkpoint afterwards. So um, that's always nice to have. And I also know that, like, for every boss fight, uh, it's a checkpoint, basically. So even if you game over on the boss, you don't have to redo the entire stage again or anything. You can just uh, keep on 
trying your best to defeat the boss. So um, it is very lenient towards that at least. And they had to do that because to be fair, this is not an easy game at all. Um, you can definitely see that they influ it got influenced by the original arcade game uh, where it was made to, well, make you put in more coins uh, to keep on playing. So they, they did keep that style in this game, which I can appreciate. Um, especially if you give the player uh, the option to have unlimited continues because a lot of arcade ports don't have those types of things which makes those games unbearable to play. Um, just think of the double dragon games or something like that where you have three lives and it's over forever. So um, I do like it when, when they just are like, you know what, this is a console game or in this case a handheld game. Um, it can be that difficult. It can be difficult for playing, but we can't uh, force the people to keep on restarting the entire game, or they're never gonna see the end. Yep, and you can. It, what makes it pretty clear too that it's an arcade, at, at least it has inspiration from the arcade, is that as you play through these stages, there are points in time where like the screen locks. And you have to fight X amount of enemies. And once the X amount of enemies have been defeated, then the screen mm. quote unquote unlocks and allows you to move forward. Very popular tactic in arcade games because that's where you guys that's probably where you're gonna sink most of your quarters at was is in that section right there. So uh, and Hammer and Harry definitely has sections like that, especially in stage one. So yeah, every stage features one of those screens at least where you have to take down enemies that take more than one hit because uh, usually it's only one hit for the enemy. Some take a little bit more, uh, but every time when you're locked in, you come across those guys you have to hit more. Um, it also happens that they keep on walking backwards if you <laughs> if you try to approach yeah. them. Uh, but that is because the game wants you to uh, actually use one of your abilities, which is uh, the ground smash, and that causes the enemies to get stunned a little bit. Um, if you have the spiked hammer, or the spiked ball, because it's definitely not a hammer anymore at that point, um, you also have like a projectile when you hit the ground, which can damage enemies. Um, the thing is, of course, because you get you lose the thing when you get hit once, and there are a lot of enemies that will hit you. You're probably not gonna have it anyways. Um, but uh, yeah, there are some techniques that you can use to to make it a little bit easier without actually stunning those enemies. But yeah, besides the the stun and just whacking your hammer, uh, Harry has one more move that he can do where he uh, puts the hammer above his head, and if you press the attack button, you can like fend off uh, projectiles that are falling from the sky or or bombs that get thrown at you and knock them back. So that's more of a defensive move, but it has uh, an offensive ability to it that you can use as well. Yep. So dive it into the game. Stage one, uh, the attack on the attack of the ghost builders. I'm reading your notes on that yeah. one. Um, one one is your construction site. It's it's a very basic stage. It's it's, it's your intro stage of how the game is played. Mm. It teaches you how to you know it, it 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 gives you the chance to learn how the hammer works. It gives you a chance on what to expect with enemies, etc. Just gets you used to the controls. Uh, but it's your basic hold right uh, platforming stage where 
yeah, you hit skeletons or ghost boys as they come up and haunted uh, road cones as they come flying at you. Uh, it, sh- it shows literally every power-up in the game as well, too, mm-hmm. in the stage, because everything just drops off people. Uh, one, one is very easy. Uh, like I said, it's your it's your intro stage. One, two... I, I feel like this transition between one one and one two was a bit weird, because you're in a you're in a you're in a big construction site and then you walk off screen, but there's no sign of like a house or anything. <laughs> then all of a sudden, like you're in one two, and now you're inside of some haunted like mansion, out of nowhere, and it's like I don't how did I get here? Like did I go through some vortex? Like okay, so now you're in this haunted haunted house where you have like fireballs that are trying to attack you you have these little squiggly droppy things coming from the the ceiling that they are falling on top of you which is where that upwards thrust that mo was just talking about comes into play you have these ghosty boys that if you walk towards them and start swinging they start jumping away from you so you have to hit the ground to stun them like this is where the game actually starts to like say like hey you had a level to practice this stuff like now we're in the game get ready type deal. And then as you progress through one, two, you get a lock screen where you have to kill like six or so of those ghosty boys before the screen unlocks and you can progress to the stage. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It is a kind of a weird transition, especially because this game has a lot of cutscenes actually in it, which do show the transitions to some places, but for this one, they don't. Um, so that's, that's maybe kind of odd. Um, I think in the first scene, though, you see that the ghost flies into the mansion. Um, But that's before, of course, you go through the construction site. Um, So, yeah, they don't really show that part, which is kind of weird. Um, After stage one, two, you actually encounter your first boss. Um, The the plot summary thing was a little bit off when it comes to that part. It's not after every yeah. stage. It's like some, maybe it's a mid boss. I don't know. It doesn't really matter. Uh, but you do get your first boss, which is like a big nail, uh, <laughs> which you have to knock back into the woods. It's kind of funny how, uh, they set this up. Uh, you can just stand underneath him, put your hammer upwards and keep knocking him back into the woods. So it's, it's a fun first boss. It's not too difficult to, uh, to manage to do it, even if you do it in a more normal way. Um, but yeah, it's a very fun first boss fight that, that doesn't get too hard. Um, the game does change up after that one, um, like the manual or the plotting set. Um, you do get into some shmup stages. Uh, and for this one, Harry takes a plane and goes after the ghost who uh, flew away into the sky. Um, very basic shmup. Um, don't expect any R-type deal or anything, which is also from Iron. Um, it's very easy. Uh, you probably will not die or anything in this stage and at the end you come across a flying ghost ship i assume uh that shoots spikes balls at you that's the the boss for that stage you just have to destroy the four parts and uh and that's it really yeah after you defeat the nail boss you do get a cutscene of the mansion in the back the haunted house that you were just in like kind of smoldering a bit and then you can see the ghost keep carrying away your girlfriend and then it does a, a choice attack, which <laughs> yeah, we are, <laughs> which is a this is a Christian podcast, so we're not going to go into that at all. Uh, <laughs> it does a choice attack. Let's just say that 
And then Harry's sprite goes from like a very nice looking like a, a well detailed sprite to just this flopping I don't know what <laughs> on the ground. And then yeah, you transition into into the air into the shmup. But uh, yeah, what a what a cutscene that yeah. What yeah, a you have you have to see it for yourself to know what we're <laughs> trying to uh, <laughs> to say. But yeah, and, you will immediately the, be like, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's weird. <laughs> and then like in the air the the air sequence like the the shmup like when Harry is shooting the missiles, he looks mad. Like he looks angry. He looks like a he looks like a, a character I want to keep playing. But when he's not shooting, he's like the wacky inflatable like flail <laughs> yeah. arm guy. And it is and, and the detail of it's not very good at all either. The animation's kinda neat, but the detail is just not there compared to literally everything else on the screen. Mm-hmm. Because like the plane is super detailed, Hammer, uh, Harry when he's when he's focused is super detailed. Even the enemies, like the Ultraman looking enemies that come out of the sky, look super detailed. But as soon as Harry stops shooting, it's his his entire sprite is just out the window. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, we didn't really talk specifically about the the art in this game, but it's amazing. Like it is one of the best looking games on Game Boy. And compared to all the other Hammering Harry games that came before this one, it is way better. Like, usually the arcade version are... Those are, like, the, the big hitters, the, the really pretty ones. But what they did with this Game Boy game is, like, absolutely insane. Um, it's definitely on the level of Trip World, even, like, when it comes to uh, visual yeah. design. But there are some weird choices here and there that, like uh, Harry in the plane, uh, which is definitely just put in there for comedic effect, because this is a funny game as well, uh, when you look at it. So, it, it's fun to see uh, him in, the, in the, like, weeing when he's in the plane. It's, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> And then, uh, yeah, it's like the ghost ship boss. It has three faces, and you basically just shoot the faces until they're until they're blown up, and then get you know stage done. And then you have another cutscene where it shows the ghost diving underwater, and then Harry just gets up and just dives out of a moving plane into the water, and then it gives you a cool cutscene. This is my favorite part of the cutscenes in the game, where it says stage two. And then there's a stage with a curtain that gets pulled open, yeah, showing like what's what's about to happen. It's like you're performing a play. It, it, it's it's like a theatrics, which is, in my opinion, is some of the cooler things that this game had to offer in terms of cutscenes. Yeah, it's nice to see that like they're just watching a show, probably, uh, like it's based on a based on an anime or something, which it wasn't. But there was actually an anime, uh, but that came after. Hammering Hero on PSP, so it's not that old yet. Uh, but yeah, they, they actually made this into a quote-unquote cartoon as well in the end. Yeah, so now we're in the underwater stage, and this is my least favorite stage mm-hmm. of the game. Mm-hmm. I, don't like, I don't like underwater stages to begin with, but the fact that I have to try and swing a hammer underwater, and there's a lot of sprites on the screen... 
that the game slows down a little bit and flickers and I have to be super accurate with my hammer to hit things that it's just, it's, it's not my cup of tea for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I just don't like underwater stages. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, it's what it comes down to. Um, once you get to, once you get to the end of the two, one stage, you're like blocked off by this like barrier reef that some electric jelly then flies in and hits you. And you just have to break up the jellies and then fly through the hole. Or swim through the hole, sorry, not fly. <laughs> yeah. Almost the same. And then <laughs> Yeah, close. And then you transition into the sewers. Um pretty basic uh left to right platformer. You do have we get we get introduced to new new spri- new enemy sprites this time with uh they're with giant heads and they chomp at you. Yeah. Uh, and they and they shoot eyeballs at you, which is something else to be desired. But the background is really cool because the background has like the skull and crossbone, like pirate type deals to it, which I think is kind of neat. Um, yeah, and you also get introduced to pits during this stage. So in in the former yeah. stages, there weren't any pitfalls, but uh, from now on, uh, there will be. Yep. And then as you progress through, you'll transition. But you're still technically in two two, I guess you can call it. Yeah, I think. Where so. you're now, you're now introduced to another enemy with like a tilting head, and a bunch of bombs are dropping. And the bombs have timers, and the timer is actually relatively quick. And you have doors to go through this time. It's not just a straightforward go to the end of the stage and whatever. Like you have to go into the doors, and it's not a where do I go type deal, but it's. It, it makes it, it makes you want to think like that. Yeah, it's and, not a maze at all. It's just you have to go through the door. That's it. So. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's not like it's not a where do I go. It just makes you think that hey, like I'm in a factory, I should do something. And then uh, once you get through some platforming, <laughs> some pretty tight platforming too, mind you, because some of these platforms are actually pretty small. Uh, you're introduced to the bomb boss, which. Is the most annoying boss in the game. <laughs> One of the most annoying yeah. bosses in the game, because it's all it does is shoot bombs at you, and the bombs have a five second timer. And what you have to do with Harry is hit the bombs at the boss and basically get the bombs stuck on top of the boss's head. And then once the bomb goes off, it'll it'll detonate and hit and hurt the boss. Like you can't hurt the boss with your actual hammer. And when the bombs do detonate, they they put off a projectile that goes left to right. So you gotta be uh, gotta be a little careful, and as as you progress through the fight, the bombs come out faster, and you know this is how it is in a typical arcade style game. Yeah, this it's not that hard of a boss, and like I said before, even if you would die, you will always restart on the boss anyways. But yep. uh, it is a little bit annoying that you cannot like technically hurt him yourself. You just have to use the mechanics but it's also nice that it's not just another just hit the guy uh type of deal um and actually all the rest of the bosses that we will talk about they all use some kind of mechanic where uh in which you have to damage them it's not just a straight on fight uh, anymore yep yeah so then you get another like honestly the cutscenes like if you're not into beat 'em up or platformer games play the game based off of the cutscenes after the bosses because the cutscenes are literally ten out of ten. <laughs> um, you get another cute cutscene where you see that ghost fly with your girlfriend and then Harry hops into a cannon and shoots himself into the sky, and this is probably my favorite 
uh, uh, sprite of Harry. <laughs> so Harry is now flying through the sky in the same shoot 'em up stage that we had, but he he's he's one fist back, one fist forward, flying through the air. You know, think of like your generic generic um, super Superman pose flying through the sky, but he can shoot missiles out of his fist <laughs> now, which is amazing. <laughs> And his sprite does not change at all when he's shooting or idle. And this stage is basically dodge the nuclear bombs and shoot the missiles. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's just one of my favorite stages. This is one of my favorite shoot 'em ups just because of how absurd it is. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty awesome. Like, first time you get a plane, and now he just shoot, <laughs> shoots himself into the sky. Who needs a plane? Not Harry. He can just do it on its own. It's, it's just. Like I said, this game has a lot of humor to it as well, which makes it that much better, for sure. Yeah, and then uh, once you get to the end of the stage, you face off against an Indian ghost. And people probably won't know how to associate it. I don't know if you caught no, it first I, either, Mo. I did not, no. So the, 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 the boss of this stage is, a, is an Indian ghost, is a chief, and, the missile, and he's doing a tomahawk-style throw. And the missiles are actual tomahawk missiles. Okay. So he's he's tomahawk throwing tomahawk missiles at Harry as as we're flying and shooting each other, and then they all land on a it looks like a zeppelin or an airship, yeah. and then we progress through the progress into stage three. <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny to see like a shmup stage where the characters or the bosses are not actually in a ship or anything there. <laughs> Harry is just <laughs> flying and throwing missiles and that dead guy is just hovering and, and pulling missiles out of his back and throwing it at you. It's it's just absurd, but it works at least, so. Then, uh, yeah, we're in stage three. Yeah, stage three, we're in the ghost airship. So this is your... This is... This is, in my opinion, this is where the game really starts to turn up the difficulty. Yeah, a lot of people um, that will play this game will come to this stage, uh, not the first part, but the second part, and be like, how am I ever going to beat this game? This is way yeah. too hard. Yeah, so some of the joints, some of the joints, wow, some of the jumps are choice. Um, the way that the the animations are appearing, or at least appear, on the screen is like they're kind of angled a little bit. They they want to give you like like that little like three D esque effect. Mm. So the 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 platforms where you land on are slightly angled. So when you jump, it doesn't look like you're gonna quite make it, or it doesn't look like you're, or it looks like you're going to make it, but you're not going to make it. Like it, it's a little deceiving, and the enemies come at you as soon as the as soon as the level is ready to, ready to go. You have an enemy in front of your face immediately that, that you hit, and it turns into a, another sprite that you have to hit again. So this is where double-hitting enemies now comes into play. And on top of that, we have fireball enemies that are coming in as well, too. So we have a normal left-to-right platformer with double-hitting enemies. Now, once you get to the end, you, you get a hatch where... The ghost that kidnapped your girlfriend is actually going to do something about it and try to attack you a little bit. And for Harry, that's no big deal because the, the ghost moves at one mile an hour, basically. <laughs> it's the slowest moving thing I've seen in my life. And then it basically does a pattern where if you just jump over it slightly and then hit it in the air, like it's going to blink and flash around for a bit. And then it's going to say, see you later. And then 
you go down into the hatch and do your thing. Yeah, and then we come across what is probably the hardest thing in the game if you are not expecting it. Um, on this part, you're inside a zeppelin and you have to traverse through some uh, hooks, I guess, or chains. Um, I'm still not exactly sure how he does it, how Harry actually hooks onto those things, <laughs> because he suddenly has like a, like some kind of grappling thing that he uses to grapple onto those things, but you can still use your hammer meanwhile as well. So I'm not sure how he's doing it, but hey, Harry does a lot of things that nobody understands how he's doing it. Uh, so uh, this part is kind of a platforming nightmare. Um, you do not have a lot of space to move because enemies will be spawning uh, through the stage that you have to take care of. And there are some kind of uh, fans trying to kill you on the actual chains that you're trying to uh, hold on to as well. Um, <clears throat> a lot of people do not realize, however, that you can use the hammer because, again, sprite-wise it doesn't make sense because I think he's holding on to it with two hands. Um, so you would think like, oh, I can't use my hammer now, but you totally can and you can destroy all those chain thingies. Um, but a lot of these chains are very small to maneuver around and it's hard to hit those things while you're trying to move from the left to the right to avoid them. Plus then those other guys are spawning into it. Um, and some of the jumps are really, really hard to do. So I've seen a lot of people play this game, get to this point very easily, which is normal. And then they're like, this is impossible to do. And I was like that as well when I first played it. Uh, but yeah, this teaches you a lot of things you will be needing for the next few stages anyway. So uh, it's kind of their way to show you like, hey, we, we took it a little bit easy on you, but uh, now we're gonna, gonna give you some very, very hard platforming things where you have to make the right choice or you are gonna die. Yep. Even taking a slow it doesn't make that stage easy. No. <laughs> Absolutely not. But uh, once you traverse through the fans hooked onto the ropes and the fireballs coming at you while on the ropes and small platforms, you then go into what is arguably <clears throat> my favorite boss fight mm -hmm. on the Game Boy. Yeah. Because I think it's a super unique boss fight. Yeah, and I would um, actually not even spoil it. I think people should right. get to this boss fight themselves and try to figure out what you have to do because <laughs> that's the second part I've seen a lot of people struggle with. Uh, and again, luckily, there's <laughs> unlimited continue, so you keep on uh, respawning there if you might die. But a lot of people cannot figure out how to actually beat this boss, and it's it's kind of fun to see them trying to figure it out. So There you go. No spoilers. Yeah. Get to figure it out yourself. Yeah. But I will say it is the coolest boss fight in the game. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I would say arguably probably one of the best boss fights that I've played on Game Boy. Yeah. So. Very interesting one. Plus in this uh, section, um, the graphics actually drastically change compared to the rest of the game as you get a, uh, a view from afar. So everything is a lot smaller than you are used to seeing. So I, I think that's a yeah, very cool out. visual effect as well. So. Yeah, it has a little cutscene that basically like shows the camera, I guess you can call it, zooming out and showing the entire Zeppelin. And then it shows a simplified version of everything, but 
but it's still detailed enough to know what the heck is going yeah. on. Uh, they did a fantastic job with that boss fight. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, after you uh, beat this boss, however <laughs> you are supposed to do it, um, the Zeppelin actually goes <laughs> down and you land in the jungle where the ghost uh, goes into some kind of Aztec ruin. Um, start of stage four, the trek through the jungle to the ruins probably has the worst platforming parts in the entire game and worst as in this is really hard to figure out the first time you're trying it um it has a lot of platforms you have to jump uh on that fall down if you stay on them for like maybe a second maybe even less while there are things flying at you from the left and the right that also damage you. So you have to not only make some very good jumps to land perfectly on the platforms so you have enough space to go to the next one, you're also trying not to die. Um, we did mention that you have five hit points, but you only start with three hit points um, if you lose a life. So that's something to definitely take into consideration if you have five hit points from the for former level it might be a little bit easier to get through this part but if you start with three hits it is really really hard um luckily it's also a very small part you only have to do like five jumps i believe and then you made it but those five jumps will test your uh, skills in dodging and jumping on time so get definitely get ready for that well, even even once you get to the end, you get to fight again. You get to fight like I don't know. I think it's like three or four white-robed enemies, mm -hmm. and they take more than one hit before you can go into what is the most frustrating screen of all time in this game, <laughs> which is the the spider train yeah. section. Ugh. So going into two, two or two two three two no four two. Forgot what stage we were on. Yeah, four two. two. You're inside of the ruins, 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 ruins. So as you go through, you you have a choice that you can switch between through as you progress to the stage, uh, three different levels: top, middle, and bottom. And there's going to be like these white spider tank-looking things that occupy each lane. And if you hit them, they freeze for a second, and then and then then they start moving at you again. And they're fairly quick, but as you progress to the stage, instead of them being staggered, they all come at once. So you have to understand to hit them to freeze them to let the others pass through, so you can drop down or jump up. But while doing so, you have other enemies, these brick enemies, that are trying to attack you as well too. So not only do you have to worry about the tank enemy that's in front of you to stop it to get to another layer. You have to worry about these stupid brick enemies that are either right below you or right behind you. And remember, if you have the spike ball, if you get hit once, you lose it. So, <laughs> I mean, if you like your spike ball, you better be able to multitask really quickly. And the, and the jumps and the drops are so tight in this area. And the tank things come at you so quick. Like, it's rapid fire towards the end of the stage. Uh, it's a very, very hard and tedious section to not get hit in. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the thing is, and it took me a long time to figure this part out as well, uh, when you're trying to stop those spider thingies, um, 
you have to have a certain rhythm to keep them in place because if you miss it only once they will just iframe through your attack and and you will get hit so that makes it hard um not only is that a part of it but you also have to do two of these sections um i do not yep. remember if the checkpoint comes before the second one uh but i do know that if you can't get past the first one at least you get pushed back outside of the rune so you do have to restart the entire stage and then you have to do that uh, that weird jumping thing at the start there again. So th this is a really hard part. But again, it is teaching you something you will need later on. Um, but I can see a lot of people just give up here because uh, it gets too hard. So yeah, and once you once you start hitting the the enemies, remember you have a ground pound as well too that stuns everything on the screen. So the ground pound comes in handy there as well, too. I don't remember where the checkpoint comes into play mm -hmm. either, but as soon as you get past the first one, you fight some more white-robed um, uh, sprites, and then you climb up a ladder, and then you're immediately introduced into the three layers again. And this time the tanks are lined up, coming right at you immediately, and sometimes they're, they're double mm -hmm. uh, behind each other, too. So uh, it, it's, it's not easy. But once you get through it, you're introduced into an auto-scroller, so that's fun. <laughs> yeah, an auto-scroller boss fight even, which <laughs> which makes it uh, even more fun. And this is my least favorite boss fight, uh, for sure. Yeah, um, you're basically on some platforms above a river. I think it's just a river, I, I don't think it's lava. Um, so it's above a river, you have to jump between the platforms so you don't fall down. Uh, and on the bottom there is a fish that spawns and shoots uh, like a, a water thingy at you that you have to dodge. The only way to actually hit this guy is by using the enemies that spawn from above you and fall on the platforms. Um, the thing is, um, the fish spawns, depending on where you are standing on the screen, um, it takes a while to actually figure out, oh, I have to stand here and then he will be there. And then you have to figure out how to actually use those enemies um, to, to actually hit him. Because you have to hit him off the platform, which you can do in three ways. You can either um, ground pound, uh, so everything on the platform falls off. You can just hit them, which kind of sends them flying pretty far, uh, which makes you less likely to hit the boss or you can use like the upwards thrust above you uh, when the things are spawning uh, to knock them off like that. Uh, but yeah, you have to hit the fish boss with one of those enemies and if you're not used to uh, doing that yet, it's gonna take you a lot of time to figure it out. Um, and it, because it's it's so auto-scrollery and it's, it's really slow actually for him to spawn, um, this is a very, very tedious boss fight for sure. Um, again, luckily, this is where the checkpoint is, so at least you don't have to do the stage again if you uh, keep failing here. Yep, yeah, the little spiky things from the top, I, I guess the top of a cave, because I guess you're inside of a cave. Mm -hmm. But think of like think of like the little spike, I don't know if you have these in, in Belgium, but in, in America we have these trees that have like that have like spike balls yeah, on them, like yeah, almost yeah. like a big burr. Okay, yeah. Think of something like that that you're hitting out of a tree onto a fish. Like 
the accuracy of it, right? Mm. <laughs> like, all right, <laughs> good luck. Yeah, it's definitely but, uh, yeah. not easy. Not easy. Not easy at all. And then you get a cute little cutscene of the ghost flying away with your girlfriend because now you're on some beach with palm trees and an angry volcano pops out of nowhere in the background. Uh, I believe this is a bonus stage, isn't it? Yeah, it, it's not considered as a bonus stage. Well, normally um, it is just part of the game for sure. Uh, but basically all you have to do here is uh, knock down the, the volcanic quote-unquote bombs that fly towards you uh rocks basically if, if they come across the floor they will split up just like the normal bombs and they can hit you but every time you hit one rock you get one of the power-ups you can get through the game it starts off with just giving you health then it gives you the helmets then it gives you the spike ball and eventually it will just start uh, dropping one-ups the entire time so Basically, it is a bonus stage, but you can still die. Um, but it's also giving you all the items, or lives at least, uh, that you will need for uh, the next stage. It's actually preparing you for the final stages of the game. Yep, and then you get another cutscene of Harry walking up the volcano and decides to can a cannonball right into it. For some, for some <laughs> yeah. unknown reason, but but now an interesting thing is when you when we pan over to the play section where like there's a crowd or like an audience watching the play, there's no one in the crowd anymore. Like it's it, they're empty seats now, right. which is Did interesting. Not know that actually. Yeah, that's weird. I, <laughs> I kind of want to like pan through and see if like the crowd decreases as you as you uh as you progress because I wonder if like the enemies and the I wonder if like the crowd is like the enemies or something. Oh, nope. Like even after going into 4 there's actually 5 people in the crowd which is more than before. I don't know, that's weird. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I don't know why they did that. Um, maybe they all got scared. I don't know. <laughs> Weird. No, but uh, yeah, you're moving on to the final stage. So here's where the difficulty goes way up. Because uh, yeah, that's how these game works. So basically you're making your way through the volcano up to the ghost building uh company itself which is uh, based inside of the volcano because of course it's based inside of a volcano every uh, evil uh, evil lair has to be inside some kind of volcano so of course they went with that one as well um, but yeah if you paid attention in stage 4-1 where you had to jump over platforms that drop under you while avoiding things welcome back to an even harder version of this um yeah. This is absolutely the hardest part of the entire game. Um, you have to do this thing again, like in stage 4-1. Luckily, there's only one enemy, you might think, but the way he shoots, you really have to know how you're jumping and where he's gonna shoot so you can avoid everything. Because this is a pretty lengthy part, where first you have to do the platforming part, then fight the first form of that thing that is escaping from you. 
go back into another platforming part where you're trying to dodge his attacks, fight a second form of him, and then you move on to his third form, if I remember. I think there's three forms. Yeah, I'm pretty sure there's, yeah, there's three, three forms. Three. Um, the final part, getting to him, um, it's platforming again, but he can't attack you anymore, so you're uh, free to go there. But you still have to defeat his final form. Um, and these fights are really hard and they really want you to uh, make use of all the abilities you have like stunning um, blocking projectiles with uh, with your hammer by pointing it upwards and having a great great sense of how you're supposed to move just to keep getting your hits in and not get hit yourself um, this is an incredibly hard part and there's no checkpoints for this this is all just one a uh, long part before you go into the the actual building itself. Yep. And phase one, you know the this robot thing is shooting at you straight on. You can't just like mash your hammer because whenever you swing, you don't move. So it's think of like Ninja Gaiden, like whenever you swung your sword, uh, Gaiden just stood there. Hammer and Harry is the same way. Swing your hammer, you you don't move at all. So you have to be rhythmic uh, when you swing your hammer to block these projectiles. And then once you get across, you hit them. These are going to jump across the screen. That's when you have to kind of run towards the middle and put your hammer up to thrust the, the, the middle objects out and rinse and repeat. Phase 2, he's going to do like an arcing motion. Think of the uh, arcing rocks in Friday the 13th on NES. Like when you're throwing rocks at somebody, they kind of arc in the air. Similar concept to that as well, too. Uh, basically rinse and repeat from the first phase. Phase three, you go you go against it. It's now lost all of its armor. It's just a wireframe. It kind of looks like a mosquito. Mm-hmm. And it, it's going to launch two giant spike balls at you. One that rolls across the ground. And one that does the waving, arcing, bouncing motion as well, too. So it, it's going to test your patience as well, too. It's one of those fights where you don't run in and just spam your hammer. It's one of those fights where you run in, get three hits, and run out type deal, and dodge the spike balls, run in, three hits, and run out. It's, it's going to test your patience a bit. Yeah, absolutely. Very, very hard fight to do. Um, if you're lucky enough to already know what you're doing, and you come from the volcano stage, and you have five hits, hey, that's nice. But if you die once, you start with three hits, just making this even harder. Um, yeah. So... Yeah, you, you really, really need uh, to have some very good reflexes and knowledge of how this part of the stage and, and the boss fight actually works. But yeah, you can you can get through it. Everybody can. Yep, if, if I can beat it, anyone can beat it. <laughs> there you go. Uh, but yeah, after that one, you go into the ghost building uh, complex or company. Uh, itself um it's basically a long hallway where you get three uh one three of those locked in fights um where you have to hit a ball to destroy the machines that are making uh some of the enemies um the first one you can abuse a little bit by just uh, keep on 
mashing through the enemies and it will give you a health refill so you can always get your full health back uh, preparing you for the other two that are coming up um the second one same deal there's a spike ball in the middle or, or machine button i'm not even sure what it is you have to destroy it by hitting it a few times but meanwhile uh the machines on the left and the right are spawning bombs constantly at you so you have to hit them back and avoid them if they happen to blow up on the ground um so it's it's really another reflex thing um, preparing you for the third one where those nice big spike balls from the last boss come back uh, to haunt you while you're trying to again destroy the machine that, uh, that creates those things. Um, if those are the only three things you have to do but it is quite tough especially the last one with the two balls because their pattern is kind of wonky. Um, yeah, yeah it, it's not synchronized well, on purpose of course, but after a while you just keep uh, losing track of where one is going to be and then you get hit. And again, you can only take five hits if you have full health, so uh, it's quite a pain. But luckily, if you manage to die here, you can just continue from the start of this building and not uh, from the outside again. Yep, and then once you've passed the, the three monster machines we'll call it then you're present oh god i don't even know what to call this thing you presented this like mechanical monster thing with teeth and a ghost inside of it with oogly eyes that shoots spike tiny spike balls and drops bombs and this is where hammer accuracy is a must mm -hmm. because in this boss fight if you think of donkey kong country 3 when you fight belcha you know how you have to hit the hit the bug and then throw the bug inside of Belcha's mouth and then Belcha burps backwards and you have to do it you know two or three times before it falls off the platform. Think of it kind of like that, but instead of hitting an insect and throwing an insect, you have to hit these little like spike balls back into the monster's mouth and hit the ghost. However, the ghost doesn't stay in place all the time. It will like it will it'll stay there for a second or two and then run back and then come back forward again. You kind of have to time your hits, but also be insanely accurate with your hits as well too to even in, to even hit the ghost inside of the mouth. Uh, this this fight took me it, it took me a long time not because it's hard, but just because like my accuracy with the hammer was awful. Yeah, this is not an easy fight though. Like. It's really depending on where you are standing, where things are going to spawn or where things are going to get thrown. So it might take you a while to find the best position to be in. Um, just so you don't take any hits or that you can actually do hits on the boss. Uh, because it is very precise on how you have to hit those things. It has to be on the perfect level for you to even hit the ghost. And it takes a lot of hits to get through him as well. So, uh, But that is what those three machines before this fight were preparing you for. How to dodge things constantly while also trying to hit something. Um, so yeah, the game does a good job of teaching you mechanics, but they are quite hard to master, and you really, really need to know what you're doing for this final boss. Yeah, and then once you've defeated the boss, your girlfriend walks down the hand of that machine monster thing, and then, I don't remember if you get to control the stage or not, but you have the quote-unquote escape 
No. Where your girlfriend opens up an umbrella and you basically just run right and everything just bounces off the umbrella and even the ghosts die by touching the umbrella. I don't understand that. <laughs> but the one cool thing about it is that it's kind of like a cutscene as well too where like it's back onto the stage, like the, the play stage, and you can see people walk back to their to their seats <laughs> and sit back down and watch it and they're clapping while the whole thing is happening too. And then once you get to the end, you grab a you and your girlfriend hug a rocket and you launch off into the air and then the credits roll. Yeah. <laughs> And that's Hammer and Harry. That's Hammer and yeah, Harry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you're it's, interested to see how things are going to go uh, after this, <laughs> there is a second game which actually completely ties into this one. Um, so I'll, I'll just say the start of it because I checked it out earlier. So you are on that rocket flying out of the volcano, but they didn't have an escape plan to get off the rocket, so they end up in space, actually. So that's that's how the second game starts. It's really funny. I've heard I haven't played the second one yet, but I've heard nothing but bad. Things. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, it's that one is hard for the wrong reasons. Like I can't even get past first the first stage in that game for now, but uh, but yeah, it does tie into this one because you see that uh, this entire ghost building company was actually made by some villains in space, and they actually catch you while you're in space, and then you have to escape their lair. It's, it, I do like the story for that, <laughs> but it's it's yeah, I don't know. The, the story, yeah, good. the game itself is is questionable. Let's just say that maybe we'll get to that one someday. Maybe. Uh, we can touch base on the cover art real quick before we hop into break, because the cover art is really nothing really too amazing. Yeah, um, yeah the, the cover European art version, for... The European version is probably the... It's my favorite one because it's so absurd looking. Well, it's basically the NES one. Um, yeah. So it, it actually uses the story from the first one. That's what they based it this on. So it has actually nothing to do with... <laughs> with this game but yeah it, it's so weird yeah you got some person with a red bandana he it just looks like an american like a white american male with a, yeah. with a red bandana and a big old wooden mallet just trying to swing at you. it it looks absolutely ridiculous it looks very american um uh, for it being a european cover. Mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> definitely <laughs> but yeah like i said it, it uses the quote-unquote plot from the arcade NES one uh, where you're actually finding a building company so there's no ghosts or anything like that on this um, it has no significance besides maybe the very first stage of the game so yeah and then the Japanese version is Harry's face <laughs> yeah, but that's... he has a big old like f he has a big old flat top from like yeah. the early 90s with a with a red bow tie on his forehead, yeah, and typical carpenter drawing actually, yeah. yeah. But that's literally the entire cover. <laughs> yeah, with caution tape in the yeah. background, basically. Yeah, the second game has pretty much the same cover, but then he's like blinking, I think. So they didn't put much effort into the cover art for this one. And then 
we have the Asian one, the Carpenter Genzo Robot Empire. Yeah, right? well, th yeah. this is a problem because I looked it up because, yeah, the Asian version does exist, of course, but it's hard to find information about... Asian versions are games that got quote-unquote officially made for China and Hong Kong, but not really officially. They, I think they just put a sticker on there, but I think they're all quote-unquote bootlegs. Um, maybe I'll do a light on that when I looked up some more information, but if you look it up, you find this cover art. Um, just type it in into Google and you'll see it. Um, but it says Carpenter Genzo Robot Empire, which is the second game. But they do say yep. that this is the cover for the first game. And I don't think the second game got released even in China. So I'm not sure if they just did something wrong. Um, but yeah, you can see the, the robot villains in the background. Those are the villains from the second game. You can see Harry and I have, I'm just going to call her Sally uh, on the rocket uh, flying into space. So this ties into that. But uh, there's also a cart that you can find. Uh, well, a picture of the card, at least on, on uh, Google. And that has a completely different cover, and it actually does show, like, the stages and the enemies from um, from the first yeah. game. So maybe it's a weird bootleg, not official game thing where they messed up, but I must say these drawings are amazing, so... They're good, yeah. I like the cover art a lot. My favorite thing about the box for the Carpenter Genzo Robot is that it has a sticker that says one year warranty on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, again, maybe I'll do a light on, on Chinese games one day. Which but... is the same seal of approval yeah. or the seal of quality as the Nintendo picture. Yeah, and I don't think... I think the, the actual Nintendo seal of quality is a little bit more oval and not round it doesn't yeah it doesn't look right so, yeah oh it's supposed to be oval for at least european yeah. i don't remember what it is on japanese but yeah it's supposed to be oval so yeah i'll, I'll look up some information for maybe a light on chinese games it, it's a weird thing because we don't even know how many there are Plus, it's it doesn't it doesn't even say seal quality. It's supposed to be like official Nintendo seal. Yeah. That's all it says yeah. on it too. It doesn't say anything about quality at all, which yeah, yeah says a lot. Uh, <laughs> hey, but they at least put effort into their box art, so got to give. Dude, the them box that. art looks great. It's the best of the three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and even the cart, which is a different cover also looks amazing like it's a very small picture but you can see it's the same style at least it's it's yeah. very colorful very anime it's nice i would love to have that but these copies go for like 315 dollars yeah, so no thank you super expensive like ev even even the even the non quote-unquote bootleg of the game is crazy the expensive. european one is expensive yeah the the japanese one not because i have both of them complete in box and it was like 20 bucks so so, I mean, it's probably like a hundred. No, now, yeah, so. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I have both of them complete in box. So, so yeah, uh, we're gonna take a quick break here. When we come back, uh, we'll give you thoughts and history. We actually didn't give too much of our actual thoughts or history this time around in the gameplay. Wow, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. professional podcasters! <laughs> now we're getting there. All right, stay tuned.
Alright, welcome back everybody. So before we go into our thoughts and history, uh, during our break, because whenever we break, we also get up and stretch and do whatever, I took the time to look up what these games are going for right now on eBay in the American market. A loose copy of this game is $100. <laughs> A complete and box copy of this game is anywhere between $200 and $250. Holy. Now, the Genzu robot, I found a Hong Kong version of it mm. on eBay, complete in box, for $500. <laughs> the loose copy of this is around $100 to $120. And the complete in box is around $150 to $200. Ooh. So you made out pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I literally bought. Well, I I wanted to buy the first one, uh, but the European one was one hundred and twenty euros back then because it's a pretty rare game here, uh, one of the one of the most rare games actually on Game Boy. So I just went on to eBay and I saw that hey, here's a Japanese version, and it was both of them, and it was twenty bucks. So I was like, hell yeah! <laughs> I mean, yeah, I didn't see I didn't see any European versions when I did. Yeah, my you can't all find Japanese those, versions. Yeah. I only know one website that has a copy, and that one is one hundred and twenty euros. So I never got that's it. Insane. See, I wasn't too far off when I said two hundred bucks. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty crazy, actually. That is insane. <laughs> but uh so yeah after that sticker shock of a, of a game um we'll start with you like what what is your history and thoughts of said video game yeah so i don't remember exactly how i came across this but i think it's just because i like irem games um and i like them on gameway as well because i grew up with r-type r-type 2 and then uh, i think i played nubo before this and i was probably like hmm, what are other irem games on gameway so i came across this one and from the moment i started this game up like i just completely fell in love with it because it, it was funny it was great graphic wise it had fun music the cutscenes are just hilarious to watch and it has very tight gameplay um like it controls absolutely like you think it should control so it, it just plays amazingly um i do remember struggling a lot trying to finish it the first time um but it was also super satisfying to do it because it really teaches you how to go through all the stages or what is coming up that is even harder so it was really fun to get through this game and um yeah i, I think this is definitely my favorite iron game on game boy uh besides maybe nubo but that's like a completely different genre that's more like a relaxing kids game uh but when it comes to like action platforming or quote-unquote beat-em-up games this is Definitely one of my uh, favorite Game Boy games. Yeah, I'm trying to think. So, I got introduced. I got introduced to Hammer and Harry in general by Pip Johnson, who used to speedrun the NES version of Hammer and Harry, and. I I was like, I want to try out Hammer and Harry, but I didn't have an NES EverDrive at the time. So I popped in the Game Boy EverDrive and turned on Ghost Building Company. 
I got to the Zeppelin stage with the fans, the stage that we say where most people give up. That's where I gave up the first time I played this mm-hmm. game. And I was like, I was like, I don't get it. Like, I don't understand why this game is, why people get excited to play this game. Like, people are always hyped about the NES version. Like, hey, Harry's a really good game. It's a solid platform. And I'm playing, I'm like, this sucks. It's too hard. I don't <laughs> want to do this garbage, you know? And then, um, and then this was well before the Game Boy Challenge even started for me, too. Like, this is well before I even got, like, super into retro stuff uh, again. And then started up the Game Boy Challenge, and it came, I, it came, it got to the point where I was like, okay, I'm going to give Hammer and Harry a second try because I, I want to give it an honest attempt. And playing it and beat it, like, I think the game took me three or four hours to beat just because it, it is a tough game. I was like, this game is actually one of the best platformers on the Game Boy I've played. <laughs> like, it's hard, but it is very satisfying once you've gotten through it. Um, I wouldn't say it's probably my favorite Irem game by any means, but it's definitely like a top three Irem game for me. Um, I would say probably like it's hard. It's hard to say like your favorite Irem game because they're all such different platformers. Yeah. Like they're they're all such, such different genres. Like I love Nubo. Like Nubo is one of my favorite games, but that's a completely different genre than Hammer and Harry. I like our type, but that's a very different genre than Hammer and <laughs> Harry as well too. So it's hard to say like what my favorite Irem game is. It's probably honestly, um, um. Yantra Maru, which is, I think, Kid Nikki, if I remember yeah. right. Uh, that's probably my favorite Irem game, uh, just because of just the, just because of, of the difficulty and the drastic level design throughout the game. But Hammered Harry is a very good game. Um, the control, the controls were well. The one, the one caveat of the game I don't like is just like the sheer number of enemies that it does throw at you at a given time like when you're in the jungle ruin stage mm-hmm. like you're trying to like make a path but at the same time like you're trying to defend yourself and you can't do both at the same time so like you're guaranteed to take hits in certain areas of stages that feel just like they're scripted for you to take damage and that's that's probably my my biggest issue with the game is that like the game doesn't want you to succeed in certain areas. Like it <laughs> wants you to take a hit. Is this what it seems like? So, um, outside of that, though, it's a very good game. Highly recommend playing it, even if you do get frustrated. Yeah. Yeah. Just don't buy it. I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unless you come across a very don't cheap buy it. copy, but yeah, don't buy it now. Good luck with that. Yeah, it's crazy expensive right now. Um, small speedrun section. I was pleasantly surprised to see who ran this video game. <laughs> I uh, I hopped on the speedrun.com. I was I wasn't expecting a big board. It's a Game Boy game, so I don't expect big boards in general. I hop on and I see Spiderweb. I'm like, all right, yeah, yeah, Spiderweb did some speedrunning. Then I see Mo. <laughs> oh, they're all the only two runners of the game, mind you. And then I see Mo in second place, and I'm like. <laughs> Look at you! <laughs> yeah, me and Spiderweb took this game right after uh, speed running it at right after I beat it actually, because uh, I I really like this game. Uh, we didn't put 
a lot of effort into it because when I was replaying it for the podcast, I actually did find some things that would make things a lot easier, uh, like the the fish boss and the final boss. Um, I don't think I'll go back to it because it is a pretty lengthy speed run for a Game Boy game for sure, and it is a really hard one. So I'm not sure if I'm really up to the task of, of putting more time into it. But if people are interested in running it, like. I could help out a little bit at least because I do have some uh, things in mind to to make it better. But I think only me and Spiderweb ran it because a lot of people were interested, but they were like, "This is way too hard. I don't want to do this." So um, yeah, it's tough. Yeah, it's a hard yeah. game. Definitely, if you've never played I... it before, and then you're like picking up a new speed run from in the blind game. <laughs> I don't know. This is not a good one to start with. No. I was actually more impressed that there was a leaderboard for yeah. it. Yeah, I, I put it uh, up. Honestly. Then, yeah. Yeah, because it, it, it does deserve a really good speed run, uh, for sure. Like, Spider, I don't remember, was he like four minutes faster than me or something? Um, I'd have to look. Do, do, yeah, it doesn't matter. He has like a much better time because he did the final fight a lot better than I ever could. Uh, so... Yeah, there's a lot of potential for this game for sure. So, yeah, I put up the the board. Um, I like how you all call it any percent. Just call it beat the game. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Spiderweb has a has the quote unquote world record. I guess mm. you can call it uh, 19 minutes 56 seconds, and you in second place at 22. Yeah, minutes so three minutes apart. Yeah, and so. I think most of that is just because of the final boss fight alone. So. But yeah, there you go. If you're looking for a speed run, easy third place right there. <laughs> yeah. Free free top three. <laughs> <laughs> um it says that we have another break here. Do we want to do another break? We really don't need to do another break. Yeah, nah, we can just go on, really. Skipping the break, alright. Uh community events. You'd be pleasantly surprised that I have filled out the community events this time in our notes. Yeah. So, uh, and I even put them in order of when they're happening. Uh, so, and I even put, I even looked them up a month ahead of time too. I am on the ball with community events yeah, related this to Game Boy. Uh, this Epshi, yeah, this episode actually will be out before any of these uh, happen. So, yeah. So we have August seventh to August 9th, PSR marathon, which is Pokemon speedrunning. If you wanted handheld, there you go. <laughs> Doesn't get more handheld. Um, it's than all, that, it's all Pokemon speedruns. That's all it is. So enjoy that. Uh, then we have August twelfth to the sixteenth. I'm going to butcher this. Benelux, Benelux, Benelux. Yeah, yeah Benelux speedrunner gathering BSG. Uh, I don't know much about it. I, I I've heard of it before, but I've never watched yeah, it. Yeah, I think um, it's usually held in Wallonia. I think me and Bangara actually got an invite for that once. So. And then uh, August 16th to the 23rd is Summer Games Done Quick. Uh, I, I think there's two Game Boy games in there, maybe. Yeah. I, there's something in there. Uh, anyway, moving on from that. August 27th <laughs> to the 30th. Uh, we have Midwest Speed Fest. I think the opening game for this is Link's Awakening DX. So... <laughs> We have already got a banger of a Game Boy game right away. Um, 
September 18th to the 20th is Big Bad Gameathon. Might not be a Game Boy game in there, but it's definitely worth a watch because some of those games are just wonders of how they ever made it to production. <laughs> yeah. There could be and a lot of Game Boy games in there, but there could be. I usually if I do submit, I usually submit Game Boy games. So maybe I'll submit Yonkin Man. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then uh, September 23rd to the 27th is Strugglethon, which is, a, I found out, a German speedrunning event. Okay. I did not know that. Um, so there's that. that all, these, all these actually have schedules done up, too. If you go to Horaro, Hor- 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 whatever that website is, Horaro.org, that, that normal scheduling website where people schedule their marathons, they actually have all these schedules up. You can check it out and see what games are being ran, at what time, by who, etc. So, uh, yeah, there's your there's your month-plus advance marathon uh, forecast. So, we're, we're, I, I finally figured out how to find marathons <laughs> online. Finally, I figured it out how to do it. Thank you, Reddit, for pointing me in the right direction. Awesome. Uh, yeah. Listener question. We have a lot of memes. Yeah, but we do not have any questions, though. Like always. <laughs> <laughs> always the We had the hammer time. We got the MC Hammer memes. That was really bad. It was really just Legs and I memeing on it. Yep. And then you, you called it Complex. I actually did that this morning in my stream. Yeah. When I was streaming Ghost of Tsushima, I, I called it Ghost Building Complex as well, too. Yeah, for some reason, company. it's... It, when you say that game complex makes more sense, I guess, but it just it flows better. Yeah, it's weird. Like I always, yeah, I say don't know. That. It's it's weird. Yeah, Hammer and Harry GBC GBC. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah. Anyway. Outro and so if y'all have any thoughts, suggestions, obviously feed I guess that considers feedback, let us know. We we're always open. We we want to make the podcast better, ever ever growing every episode, even our light episodes. Uh if you're just like, hey, I really don't want to listen to Belthick's stupid sport <laughs> podcast lights anymore, and it's like, well, tough because part two is coming in like a month and a half, so you're gonna have to deal with that. Um you know, just things like that. Just let, let us know. Like we're 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 we want to make the podcast the best it could possibly be. We want to make it entertaining for you all, uh, and we just like hearing from you. So you know, hit us up in Discord, whisper us whisper us on tw- uh, Twitch, shoot us a tweet or DM us on on the tweeters. Like do what do what it is you got to do to get a hold of us. Like we would love to hear hear from you. Um. On top of that, we have a Patreon, so if you do want to kindly support our podcast, we do have a Patreon where you can uh, submit to a certain tier, and the tiers give you certain rewards, such as uh, access to our episode notes, uh, bloopers, some behind-the-scenes channels, uh, just little things like that. And you get a nice little token in Discord saying that you're, you're a patron. Uh, once we hit $20 a month, uh, Mo and I will start live streaming our episodes so you get to see the ridiculousness that happens between breaks of me sitting in complete silence while Mo does gets water or does whatever he has to do so uh, it's a pretty good time 
Uh, if you're not into the whole subscription thing and you still want to support us monetarily, we do have a PayPal. Um, and it's you know it's a one it's, it's PayPal. You, you all we all know how PayPal works. Uh, the only problem is PayPal and Discord don't tie into each other. So if you do support us through PayPal, please let one one of the three of us know, most legs or myself. We want to give you a reward somehow. We just I don't know how that works yet, but we have to manually do it for you. Mm-hmm. Not a big deal. Like I said, we want to reward you uh, in in supporting us in our uh, very niche Game Boy podcast adventure. So. Um, and then, yeah, we have a YouTube with pretty much all episodes now. Yeah, except for uh, one still, but it's coming. The the, the Zelda yeah. one is a problem, so I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it was that was a long one. Yeah, that long yeah that's, that's the <laughs> issue with it. <laughs> because uh, That was the long episode. Yeah, it's because, uh, what's it called? Uh... After Effects doesn't allow for videos longer than three hours, so it's it's a whole thing. I didn't know y'all are using After Effects. I thought you guys were using Premiere. No, nah, it's it's all in After Effects. Huh. Yeah. Interesting, but yeah. Anyway, oh, you can you can listen if you if you want to go on YouTube. If YouTube is more of your thing <laughs> and you want to listen to us on YouTube, yeah, I'm, I think we have a playlist. I'm assuming we have a playlist made. On YouTube, yeah, there there's two playlists: old. one for the lights and one for the uh, the actual episodes. And the ones that can have a video uh, do have the game feed with it. So uh, there you go. If you like to watch that uh, while listening, so you can see our elite skills of Game Boy playing yeah. while we're podcasting. The best one's going to be Shaq Fu, mind you. <laughs> Where I beat the game in five minutes, but talk about Shaq Fu for the next hour and a half. So, yeah, it's That's a really good yeah. one. I'm not even sure if I put a video on that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. I might have. But yeah, it's just a loop. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the best. That's got to be the best one. <laughs> um... So yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, you can find me Belthic Gaming uh, on Twitch and Twitter, uh, Instagram Belthic on TikTok. I'm all over social media. Belthic on TikTok, uh, YouTube. I still don't have a URL thing yet because I need a hundred. I I just need a hundred hundred subscribers. I need ninety two more people to click subscribe on my channel. Uh, it's not that many. I I guess mm-hmm. thinking about it. But uh, once I get that, I can have my own URL. Um, trying to think what else. We have our wonderful, fantastic producer, Legs. Uh, you can find her at Sprinting Legs on Twitch, uh, Legs on YouTube, and her project website, uh, SprintingLegs.com, where you can see a bunch of various projects that are happening um, <clears throat> with uh, time conversions and, and whatnot. So it's really, really... Uh, resourceful website for speedrunning and Game Boy in general. Yep. And Mo, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube, all under slash Mula, which is uh, which is written M O E L L E U H. Um, I did make an Instagram account, uh, mostly because I found out somebody has stolen my email <laughs> and actually made an Instagram account. <laughs> uh, got that sorted out, so now I just have it. 
I haven't posted anything on it, but I, I actually made it because um, I'm part of Mom's Art Club and I just wanted to check out the new submissions through there. Um, so there's nothing on that, but if you want, you can follow me. I think it's the same URL as well. Like, I'm so not used to Instagram, so I, I guess it's the same as all my other things. Um, so yeah, you can find me on there if you really want an empty profile to stare at, I guess. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much all I have. Um, you can, of course, find all this information on our actual website, which is uh, gbrunners.com slash TIGB, I think. That's just it, right? Yeah. Yep. So there's links to all of our projects and uh, and social media on there. So that makes it a little bit easier for you to find things instead of just having to type them out. Easy peasy. Uh, well, it's been a while since we've done a Japanese-only game, actually. Um, so I think a nice fit would be Banishing Racer. Oh, I like that game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, next time we will be talking about uh, about Banishing Racer, but it's not even sure if that is the actual name of the game, because it might be Vanishing Racer. <laughs> so... Uh, that's something to look forward to. Maybe I'll try to find some more information about that. <laughs> Cute car game. Cute car game, yes. <laughs> and it features the turtles. Well, you like it turtles? Does. There will be some more turtles then. There will be some turtles in it. Until next time. Bye. Later. That game is just trash. <laughs> God, that triple dare game is just bad. Yep, it is.